0: Here's Pastor Scott. Chapter two, verse two, uh, probably the most preached on verse in this short book. The Bible says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, we need to understand why we are here pray with me god thank you for your love and your mercy god i thank you for each person who's come out and right now god i ask you to anoint me to say the things that would honor you god i pray that you would strengthen my mind and my body give me the words to say that would be sound doctrine god i pray for every person under the sound of my voice that you would speak to your children that you would draw the lost encourage the backslider teach us from your word by your spirit in jesus name amen We need to understand why we're here. If this was Wednesday night Bible study, we'd spend a lot of time because you ought to come out to Wednesday night Bible study. It's open discussion, interactive format. We talk it out, and we learn a lot about the Bible. If this was Wednesday night, uh, we would spend some time letting everybody tell us what, what the big existential questions of life are. Does anybody know what one of them are? That's it. It's who am I, where did I come from, why am I here, and what's the purpose to all this? I was talking with Elder Jimmy this past week, and we we covered a lot of different areas, but I think we both agreed on the fact that anybody who can make it navigating through this life that doesn't know God, that doesn't have this abiding internal understanding that there's a God in heaven that created everything that's in charge, that knows what he's doing. It's not random. It's not offbeat. Uh, As Christians, we can take comfort and solace in the fact that when it doesn't make sense to us, we know God still knows what he's doing. Lost people don't have that at all. I just got the answer. Drugs and alcohol. Okay, so we figured that out. Y'all didn't even know the question, but I got the question and the answer all at the same time. So good for me. Um, but I don't think the average churchgoer could tell people, even in their own church, why are we here as a group of people? Why do we? Why Why do we gather? Why did God put local churches in local communities? What is the purpose for all this? Because we need to live lives of purpose. We need to have intentionality. We need to have a plan. We need to plan the work, work the plan. And if you don't know why you're here, then you are going to drift through life. And I really hope you'll hear this because it is a deep burden of my soul. I see the majority of people are existing and not living. They're just getting through Monday so they can wake up to get through Tuesday, so they can wake up to get through. That's not living, y'all. That's just existing. And God has a better plan. Say better plan. God has a better plan for us than that. And we will going to talk to you about it a little bit this morning. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all your getting, get understanding. Now that's right out of today's proverb. I hope that you start your morning reading the chapter in the book of Proverbs that corresponds to the day of the month. The average proverb takes less than three minutes to read. It's bullet point one-liners. It's not contextual like most books in the Bible where you have to know what the previous chapter said, but in today's proverb it says get wisdom and get understanding. This is important to God, and as believers, we need to focus on getting wisdom and getting understanding. Most people know more about their favorite sports team than they do about the Word of God. Most people know more about their own historical ancestry than they know about the ancestry of Jesus Christ. Most people know more stats and figures and information uh, about random stuff When God has given us one book to study and we need to get wisdom, we need to get understanding. In Proverbs 16, 16, the word says, how much better to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Now, every time I read that on the 16th day of the month, I just laugh and shake my head because I've been in the people business for a long time. And I can promise you this, the word of God is true, every word of it, amen? Amen. This is right no matter what. If it makes sense to you, if it doesn't make sense to you, the word is still right. If you like it, if you don't like it, the word is still right. If you say amen or if you have to say ouch, the word is always right. If it agrees with what Grandma and them taught you when you were a baby or not, the word is always right. But sometimes it, it still looks uh, funny to me because I know from dealing with people for so many decades That if I stacked up a bunch of gold over here, and I stacked up a bunch of wisdom right here, and I stacked up a bunch of silver right here, now, everybody's going to be diving on that pile. Okay? So what you need to do is if you can't get to that pile fast enough, you'd be running over getting on this pile. But guess which pile would have nobody grabbing? Is wisdom better than gold? Now, if we go down to any corner in America and we tell people, I'm going to hand you out some information that's going to give you some wisdom, or I'm going to hand you out these Benjamins, uh, these crisp $100 bills, which one do you think people want? Uh, but which one is more valuable? Uh, we say that as we uh, clench our jaw, right? We, we want to we agree with the Bible. But we know that it takes money to live. The wisest man who ever lived not only said it because he was wise, but he said it under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Money answers all things. Now, that's not literal. That's figurative. Uh, Some people say money can't buy you happiness. I like what Dolly Parton said when they asked her that. She, She scratched her head and thought. She said, well, money might not be able to buy you happiness. But it can sure buy you nice things to wear while you're being depressed. (laughs) Most people think the end-all be-all is money. Wearing right clothes, living in a big house, all that stuff. When the Bible, the creator of all there is, the one true living God said, it's much better to get wisdom than gold. And to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. So we see that God wants us to get wisdom. He wants us to get understanding. And as Christians, we should all understand what our new life should be focused on. I hope that you have a new life. I hope that you can say as, a, as your own personal testimony, the title of the message I preach every July around the anniversary of my salvation. And the title of that message is, I haven't always been like this. And I hope that's your testimony. I hope that you haven't always been. I hope there was a time when, when you used to be that way, but God saved you and now you're this way. I hope that you're different now than you used to be. I hope that you put off the old, put on the new. I hope that you went from spiritual blindness to being able to see in the kingdom of God And I hope that you have found not church, not religion, but a life-changing, supernatural, soul-shaking, heaven-moving, personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ on an active daily basis. That See, some people see religion as boring and dry and rules and and, and stiff. Other people see it as a constant party uh, because they know it's exciting to get to know this God that knows everything about us. Give you one cool thing, not in my notes before I go, before I even move on. Peep this out. God knows everything you've ever done, everything you've ever thought, everything you've ever said, and everything you're going to do, think, and say. <laughs> and He still loves you. Oh man. Y'all were, if y'all were charismatic, y'all would be throwing money on the altar right now. That's, that's, that's good preaching right there. The fact, because everybody else, I, I know that, listen, as the pastor, people just vent to me all the time. Um, just constant, um, just, just on So I know a lot of people in this church's issues and I can tell you for sure, if you knew The three worst things about the people you were sitting around right now, you'd pick a different row (laughs) or a different church. How many of y'all are glad that, that God chose to love us because He wanted to and we didn't have to earn it? Hallelujah. But we should be focused. We should... Understand that we've been given a new life. That's what Christianity is, the new birth, being born again, a spiritual awakening. Um, But before coming to Christ, we didn't have that. And there were lots of options for things that we could pursue as unbelievers. The sad reality is a lot of people come to Christ and they keep pursuing those worldly agendas, those worldly dreams, those worldly desires so hear this if you don't get anything else uh out of this message this morning as christians we need to pursue the things that please god mm. i appreciate that caronda It's is me and you in here and everybody else is asleep listen we need to pursue the things that please god if you made that Uh, your, your barometer, if you made that your litmus test, if you just put that question in front of every activity you have, is what I'm about to do for the next five minutes going to please God, yes or no? You could cut out a lot of foolishness in your life. I got good news for you. God told us to gather together to celebrate his son, On Sunday morning. So just by virtue of the fact that you came here today, you're doing something that pleases God. God's happy when his children gather together in unity to worship him. But this is, we we need to concentrate more on that than on pleasing ourselves. Anybody think that's easy or hard? Ooh, man, we live in a real world. And it is coming for us in 2 Timothy 2.4. The Bible says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him to be a soldier. We got that verse on the screen? We have. Here we go. Uh, That should be 2 Timothy. There is no 2 Titus. Uh I just copied and pasted it from my notes. Oh, see, my notes say second T-I. Somebody was guessing. There we go. Uh, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, comma. Always pay attention to the punctuation when you read. It'll help your comprehension. You'll understand more. And it's talking about being a soldier in the army of the Lord. It's talking about God uh, enlisted us to serve him. And that we can't get caught up with the affairs of this life. I've been getting updates for the last uh, 16 hours or so. Uh, many, many of you know my son, my oldest son Jacob, is the United States Marine Embassy Guard, who's on a fast response, rapid reaction team based out of Quantico, Virginia, that flies all over the world when there's a big problem. Um, Jake is on a deployment right now. Um, on an on eight-man detachment wearing civilian clothes because Saudi Arabia doesn't want to see a show of presence uh, with a bunch of Marines standing around. So he's standing around in the middle of the CIA with the earpiece in and the little cuff. Hey, uh, uh, bring me coffee. Uh, and he is in Saudi Arabia. So he's been giving me updates every couple hours for, for, since yesterday. Just landed in Boston. Just landed in Amsterdam. Uh, he should be landing in uh, Saudi Arabia soon. The Secretary of State is in Saudi Arabia uh, for some big deal over there, uh, and they, they wanted some of these uh, rapid response uh, Marines to take care of him. But I can tell you this, whether it was when Jake was in Lagos, Nigeria, Africa, guarding the embassy there, or as he is guarding the Secretary of State, uh, Secretary Blinken, This week, the United States Marine Corps is going to make sure that he does not get involved in the affairs of this life. He's not going over there to meet friends in Saudi Arabia. He's not going over there to party in Saudi Arabia. He's not going over there to make buddies. He is going over there on assignment. And as Christians, we need to understand, what are we here for? What is our assignment? Because if we don't, then we just start getting involved in normal stuff. They want those Marines over there to be on point. Uh, it always takes me back, and many of you have heard me talk about Drill Sergeant Robinson, Fort Nix, New Jersey, 1986, when I went into the United States Army. He told us constantly, this ain't Burger King. This ain't Burger King. You ain't that Burger Any kind of way he could say it, he wanted us to know. You ain't about to have it your way. You're going to have it his way. Uh, I'm not even sure if he was concerned about the Army way, but he was going to have it his way um, because he was in charge. And we need to understand that as followers of God, if we get caught up in the affairs of this life, we are not going to please the one who called us. I've seen families get ripped apart over politics. What what is that? What 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 difference is it gonna make at the end of the day if if someone votes Democrat and another person votes Republican? Uh, Is that going to get them into heaven? The Bible says we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. What makes us Christians, what makes us brothers and sisters in Christ is not our view on Forex trading, not our view on politics, not, not even our view on doctrines. What makes us Christians is faith in Jesus Christ, and we need to learn how to, hear me good, keep the main thing the main thing. I talked to you last week about living uh, with intentionality, being actively present wherever you are. You ever had somebody in a room and it was just you and them and y'all were talking, but you could tell they weren't really there? They just checked out. It was like, I'm talking to myself. Uh, I'm not saying that everybody ought to spend time watching it. I'm just saying. I was watching Seinfeld the other night, and... George and Jerry were staring out a window, and they were so enamored with what they were seeing across the street from Jerry's apartment. Elaine came in. She tried to have a conversation with them, and they were like, mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh. She's like, so I'm leaving on the space shuttle today. And they're like, oh, good. Uh, yeah, we're going to Mars. Now, this was back in the 80s when we weren't going to Mars. You say that today, you're like, oh, cool, you know Elon Musk? Um, and they, and she just started saying all types of rant. They had no idea because they weren't listening. We need to learn how to be present in every moment. You need to be present for the people that God lets you be present with. My, my mom has a great way of saying it. Wave it, everybody, Mom. Uh, that's my 137-year-old mother. She looks good. Uh, she, she don't look a day over 135. Um, People ask me, where, 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 do, where do I get my good gene pool from? Right there. Um, but my mom has so much country wisdom in her that she has said for years, send me my flowers while I'm living. Why don't you be nice to the people you say you love so you don't have to be one of those people telling me, uh, you know, you, you and Mama hadn't talked in five years, and now we're standing over her in a box. You need to be more intentional about life or it's going to pass you by. Over the next few months, we're going to be looking at uh, the Christian doctrine, doctrine of ecclesiology. Pretend it's Wednesday night and we're doing open discussion. Anybody want to tell everybody else in the room what ecclesiology is? Study of. We've got that down. you got ology in there and you've got the study of. All right. I'll I'll, I'll help you. Ecclesiology is the study of the ecclesia or that word more commonly known as church. So we're going to be talking uh, a lot over the next couple of months about the purpose, the form, the fashion, the function of the church. Because I'm telling you this, the church in America has lost its way. And it didn't happen this week, this month, this year. I mean, if you look at the scandals that are in churches. Now, don't don't hate on these men and women who, who fall victim because here's the reality. They had a bullseye on their back. There's a real spiritual war, and uh, the devil wants to take down the leader. You smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. So I'm not mad at all these people, but I can tell you this. When I go out into the street and I share my faith with people, they, I, I hear this very similar response consistently. I don't mess around with churches. I don't do that organized religion thing because churches ain't about nothing. And I can't even hardly argue with them because, you know, the majority of churches just have a big show on Sunday, shut their building down for a whole week long, and then do it again next week. With paid musicians, uh, perfect sound, perfect lighting, they focus all their attention on the natural to the exclusion of the supernatural. Uh, Preaching soft little, simple messages. Uh, Some people have called them sermonettes. Preach to Christianettes still smoking cigarettes because they ain't been delivered yet. That is a large part of what the church is. But I'm going to tell you this. God didn't save us so we could be Christianettes. God didn't give us everything so we could give him a little bit. And I, I I want you to see this, so I put it in my notes. For a real Christian, pleasing God is more important than pleasing self. And we say amen to that, but I, I tell you what, if I had a stopwatch on you, and I just clicked it and, and put a lap time on it, had multiple timers running on all the different activities you did this week, would the stopwatch tell me, that pleasing God was more important to you than pleasing yourself. Because I'm going to tell you this, if you binge-watched anything on television this week, um, you probably were more into self-pleasure than pleasing God because I don't know very many people that binge-pray or binge-read the Bible. That, that, that's typically on a different lean. But I want you to give consideration to this thought. If you agree with this, if you find this to be biblically accurate and you're a born-again Christian, I want you to start making this true about your life, that you want to please God more than please yourself. I've told you many times, I love the testimony that says, Pastor, I'm so glad I'm saved because it it, it got a little twisted at work, and I almost gave my boss a piece of my mind. But I chose Christ. Listen, the world don't need a piece of our mind. They need to see God in us. They, they need to hear about the, the love that God has that would cause him to pay the price for sin himself so that we could be in a relationship with him. See, Jesus has come to mean so many weird things to so many people because churches got away from preaching the truth in America uh, 60, 80 years ago when they found out that if they preach shorter sermons that tickle ears and make people feel good, More people will show up, and if more people show up, the preacher could get a bigger check at the end of the week, live in a bigger house, and drive a nicer car. Now, you might be thinking, well, Pastor Scott, you live in a big house. You drive a nice car, Um, and I also have three jobs. Every man I know, and, and most women I know that are my age, well, let's just see. Don't lie. The Bible says you don't lie to men. You lie to the Holy Ghost. If you are here And there's ever been a time in your life where you legit, I'm not talking about you picked up an extra shift. I'm talking about you had a completely different second, third, or fourth job. You worked multiple jobs at one time in your life for a sustained period of time. Anybody like that? That's just, look at all us old people. Young people are like, work. What is that? Man, you want to see something funny. Uh, YouTube search, uh, Boomer interviews millennial for a job. They got this old dude sitting down with this girl, and she's texting during the job interview, not paying attention. He's telling her, you know, okay, well, we start at 9 o'clock uh, every, every day. She said, in the morning? Oh, that's not going to work for me. Because I usually do my social media till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and then my BFF's boyfriend is stationed in Fallujah, and I have to call him every day. Um, I, I, I usually don't get up until after 12, and then I go to Starbucks and get my mocha, lacha, cha-cha-pacha-pacha, poop papa with foam. And, and he's just looking at her like, it's not going to work out. And we need to understand that pleasing God is, should be more important than anything, but these churches have have twisted what it means to please God so they can have more people. Listen, more people is great, but if it doesn't result in a greater impact, then all you're doing is big and bigger barns to house more people that aren't doing anything to impact the community for Christ. And I'm tired of the world being right when they say most churches aren't about anything, which means they're not doing anything for the people. I want you to know I'm glad to be a part of a church not, not, that not only is doing a lot for this local community, but is sending money around the world to advance the cause of Christ every month. But Jesus, says he means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Now, a lot of people think of, when they think of Simon Peter in the Bible, they think of the, the, the one who denied Christ. Uh, but he also made uh, one of the greatest confessions in all of Scripture about Christ. And Jesus wanted to know, who do, you, who do you say I am? And in Matthew 16, 16, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Do you know you can't even know anything about spirituality, about God, about Jesus, unless God the Father chooses to open your eyes and give you sight and and reveal it to you and give you the faith to believe it? Mm. Uh, We're going to talk about that in the coming weeks, but in verse 18, Jesus said, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, there's two theological choices to be made by what is this rock that Jesus will build his church on. The largest Christian denomination in the world, the Roman Catholic Church, See, in our area, it seems like there's a Baptist church on every corner. Anybody notice that? There's just a Baptist, there's a Baptist church. Some corners got more than one Baptist church on it. So we think that Baptists are everywhere. Listen, there's about fourteen million Baptists in the world. There's one point five billion Catholics in the world. Big difference. Big difference. Just for quick math, a billion is one thousand million. So 14 million compared to one and a half billion uh, is is not even close. But the Roman Catholic Church teaches, has taught, continues to teach that Peter is the rock that God built the church on, and that's why they call Peter the first pope. A casual reading of the New Testament would would show if there was anybody that looked like a pope in the New Testament, it certainly wasn't Peter. It was James. Uh, The half-brother of Jesus who was the leader of the council at Jerusalem who was the one person they took petty disputes to to say which is which and what is right. But Peter obviously is not the rock uh, no matter what the Catholic Church may teach. I'll give you a, a quick example in Greek and then we'll move on and get into the text. Jesus said, when he said, You are Peter? Uh, He chose the Greek word Petros, which means small, tiny, little stone. A little stone. That's what Peter means. He said, you are Petros, little stone. And then he declared, upon this Petra, big stone, giant rock, boulder, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church was never built on the little stone is built on the giant rock he said you are petros and i will build this church on petrus so peter's not the first pope uh we don't need a pope the bible says there's one man one mediator between god and man the man christ jesus you don't need a priest to talk to god you don't need a pope to know god you can have a personal relationship with god on your own but it's this confession oh man i miss good music um Y'all, if you know me, you know I don't listen to this popular New Age bubblegum rock, so-called Christian music. But, man, when, when Sandy Patty sang that song, upon this rock of revelation, I'll build a strong and mighty nation. It's the rock of what the Father revealed. It's the, it's the rock of confession of faith in who Jesus is. And I don't know who Jesus is to you today. But I hope you understand what Peter understood, that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, and he is the one who builds the church. A lot of talk about church growth in the earth, um, a lot of talk, Pe- people mistakenly, and I think it's because pastors, you ever seen one of those church vans with the pastor and, and, and his wife's face painted on the side of the van, and, and it got about 37 titles, apostle, Bishop, potentate, founder, grand poobah, uh, uh, just all these different titles on there. Listen, the church does not belong. That ain't. Th- this has never been Pastor Scott's church. It will never be Pastor Scott's church. There ain't no Bishop Bobo's church. Every church that's a biblical church is the Lord Jesus Christ's church. We are members, and we need to learn how to operate in the capacity that he has given us, but we can't do better if we don't know better. And that's why we're Bible teaching church. And we're going to learn what we, uh, uh, why we're here and what we need to do about it in first Corinthians three the apostle said for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The, the, the foundation is Jesus, not Simon Peter, but Jesus Christ. And in the Church of America, the, so many preachers have gotten away from preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So many preachers have gotten away from preaching that uh, there is a payment for sin and hell lasts forever. And there's a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. So many preachers had just decided to preach three keys to financial prosperity. Five ways to enjoy your work. Uh, great psychologically driven messages and pack out the pews. But and, until we're building on the foundation of Jesus Christ, we are straying away from God's purpose and God's plan. I want you to think about when you first got saved. I got saved on July fifteenth, 1981, long time ago. I remember it like it was happening right now, though. And God changed my life and and, and set me on a new course, and if you remember when God saved you, you, it it ought to be wild to you that he saved you and he left you here. How cool would it have been if the moment you got saved, he'd have just snatched you up, took you to heaven? Gave you a new name that nobody, he he said he's got a pet name for all his followers. He's going to give you a name that nobody knows but him. That's going to be cool. You know, I got, I, I, got to, I got to pick on Charity and Rick because uh, I don't know everybody's pet name. She, they're in the sound booth. Um, uh, uh, we, we think they're married. They say they're married. <laughs> I haven't seen documentation, um, but I, I, I'll accept them at their word. She likes to call him when, 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 she, when she's feeling a certain kind of way. She'll say, well, Mr. Douglas. <laughs> and uh that's her name don't, don't none of y'all ladies be calling him mr douglas now all right uh but if god would have just snatched think of all the heartache you'd have missed out on some of y'all are like yeah but think of all the good stuff i i i've, I've gone through i can't compare to heaven let's don't get it twisted But when God saved you, he didn't snatch you up off this planet. He left you here, and I want you to hear why. And this is the most unpopular message a preacher can preach on a Sunday morning in America because nobody wants to hear this anymore. But every preacher in the world was saying this 50 to 100 years ago. God did not save us so we could sit. God saved us so we could serve. You see how tight people get? Well, what about me? When am I going to get mine? Heaven, forever. I mean, Jesus cared enough about you to die for you. Can't you care enough about him to live for him? Man, I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, I love the Lord, Pastor. I love God. I take a bullet for the Lord. Well, that ain't no big deal. You take a bullet in in the right or wrong spot, you would be out and, you know, a couple of minutes, that's over. That's not hard to do. What's hard to do is make a decision for the Lord. I'll live, and for the Lord I'll die, and I'll live for Him every minute of the day. Uh, anybody could take a bullet, but are you willing to put Him first and to do what He has called you to do? In our opening verse, Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. People need to know what's up. People need to know the what and the why if you're going to ask them to participate in anything. And I'm certain the average Christian doesn't know the what and the why. What are we supposed to be doing? Why are we supposed to be doing it? What are are we here for? Um, Why are we here? we got to get these answers over the next couple of weeks. So I thought today we'd start with some basic ecclesiology and we would talk about uh, this church in particular. When the Bible uses the word church, it is talking about one of two things. It's usually talking about the larger church. See, there is, when the Bible talks about church, there's the universal church that all believers are a part of, the body of Christ. But then there's the local church, the Baptist church, the Methodist church, the Bible teaching church, whatever, whatever it is. It's usually talking about the universal church, but there's also specific instruction given to the local church. And I want to talk to you a little bit about why we're here and what you need to be doing about it. Because the reality is this. We're not here by mistake. You didn't stu- Trust me, you didn't stumble up on this place uh, without God pushing you in this direction. And if you stayed for more than two sermons, you did it was because God wanted you to. <laughs> That's funnier than y'all y'all think it is. Um, but let, let, let's get it out there. Some of you have not been through our new members class. We need to have another one um, soon. Let's get that on the schedule uh, in the next quarter. But we go over this in our new members class. But since most of you haven't been. Or haven't been in a while. I thought I'd revisit some of this stuff. The Abundant Life Christian Fellowship vision statement. We we'll won't talk about why we're here. Simple: to reach North Florida and beyond for Christ. That's the vision. It's written down. Go run with it. Go reach North Florida and beyond for Christ. Now that's see, churches get it wrong. They 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 think that they have a unique. Vision, mission, purpose, statement. That, no, every New Testament church has, has the same reason to exist. Um, we're not unique in that capacity. Now, we are unique in how we carry it out. We're unique in the way we accomplish this vision of reaching North Florida and beyond for Christ because we're doing it in a way that is not being done a lot. And it's not being done a lot because it doesn't work in a country with deep-seated racial problems, in a, in a country with with people who have historically been oppressed, in a country where there, there's vast differences in culture and ethnicities. Uh, most people go to a church where everybody looks like them. That's, that's why I love having multinational uh, flavor inside our church. If I, I heard this for years growing up. As a preacher, if you have black people in your neighborhood, you ought to have black people in your church. If you have Filipinos in your neighborhood, you ought to have Filipinos in your church. If you have Hispanics in your neighborhood, uh, you, you ought to have Hispanics in your church. But how, how many of y'all know, uh, and, and I heard that for years co- coming from uh, my, my African-American pastor... While I was in a church with one white person. And every time he'd go on that speech, I would think. He never says if you have white people in your neighborhood, you ought to have white people in your church. And he would go as far as to say, if you got black people in your neighborhood and they won't come to your church, you've intentionally done something to run them off. And I'm thinking. What y'all do to run off all the of white people? <laughs> Listen, we are doing every church is designed to reach their community and their world for Christ. People do it in, in different ways. We are extremely unique because we we accomplish this vision through the ministry of a multiracial, multi-denominational, multi-generational, full gospel church that, in addition to reaching the world for Christ, tears down walls of separation that divide the church walls like religious preference walls like racism and economic boundaries the 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 world and even the church has divided itself by race ethnicity class structure education Uh, all you got to do is look around do you know rich educated white people They, they they've got they've got a church they go to they're called, they're called Presbyterians and Episcopalians. Ain't that right, Jimmy? That, 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 that's, uh, Nancy knows about She lured you into the Presbyterian church, didn't she? Or was that Episcopalian? Is Episcopalian? You were, oh, it's all the same thing. Wonder bread, white bread, it's all the same thing. Um, it's just, you know. Um, African-American, wealthy people, guess who they go to church with? Rich African Americans, you don't believe me? Show up at Bethel next Sunday. Look like a fashion show going on. I'm like, I've never even seen a suit that costs that much money. Check this dude out. You, you, a, hey, if you just like looking at shiny cars, show up to Bethel, or even better, show up to First Baptist Church Mandarin. Anybody ever been to First Baptist Church Mandarin? Woo! That's where all the black people money go. They won't have y'all they like, uh, what Mercedes did you drive? Did, did you bring a Bentley or a Mercedes? Uh, I drive an Impala. Get to the back, back of the bus. Listen, rich people go to church with rich people. Poor people go to church with poor people. Uh, people go to church with, with their, the, their own ethnicity, and I don't see that as what God purposed when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for the church and establish the church. If you read about Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, there were 16 different nationalities all gathered in the same place listening to one message. And to pull off in Jacksonville, Florida, one of the most historically racist places in the world, um, to pull off a multi-ethnic church in Jacksonville, Florida, listen, that ain't easy. And Now, I'll give you all a hint. If you want to see how not easy it is, next time you see a brand-new white family walk in, especially if they're over 40, watch their eyes when they come in. And then watch the lady pull the purse up tighter under her arm. And I'm like, ain't nobody going to steal from you in here. We got security. But we're doing it in our own way. Uh, Because I don't believe that the church should be divided by race. The Bible says when we get to heaven, that in heaven, every nation, every tribe, every kindred, and every tongue will gather together. Listen, most denominations have one thing in common. I'm going to tell you what it is. They all think they're the only ones that are right. And that's why we're a multi-denominational church, not so much a non-denominational church, because we've got Presbyterians, Episcopalians, former Catholics, former Baptists, Church of God, Church of God in Christ, Church of God by faith on Sunday morning by the side of the river in Jesus' name only. We've, I mean, we've just got backgrounds all across the, the place because that's how God is. God says he tore down the middle wall of separation that was between Jews and Gentiles. And in Christ, he made himself one new man where there's not red, yellow, black, and white. There's just saved and unsaved. I, I, I challenge you. You ever want the hardest job in the world? Go, go, go to a racist city and pick Jacksonville. There's buildings up the street. Go and start you a, a multiracial church. Uh, and try to just, just try to get through one song service in a multiracial church in Jacksonville. Any, anybody ever notice sometimes the song's flavored differently than, than what you're used to? All right, let's keep moving. Y'all going to get stuck on that. Our vision is to reach the world for Jesus while destroying religious barriers, racism, and poverty. Um, the thing that every church needs to be focused on is what Jesus said in his Great Commission. Reach, teach, baptize. Listen to the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this is where we get the, the rhyming two words, reach and teach. We we need to go make disciples. That's that's reaching new converts for Christ. We need to teach them what God wants them to know, so they can be fully involved followers of Jesus. And we need to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That is the great commission. You want to know why we're here? We're here to reach and teach people. We're, we're here to reach people with with the love of God. We're here to tell anybody about a God who can uh, tell everybody about a God who can save any body loving God and loving people that's abundant life Christian Fellowship's purpose statement we write this on a lot of stuff to love God and to love people that's that's four words and a symbol let's call it five words love God and love people sounds easy small words big job simple to read not simple to live out now the first part loving God No problem. No problem at all. God is awesome. He's amazing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's consistent. He never changes. Uh, You can count on him. He's faithful. He's loyal. He's loving. He's kind. His his mercy has no limits to to it. Loving God is easy because God's always going to treat you right. But loving people? Oh, if I, wouldn't, if I knew some of y'all wasn't worried about the time, I'd sit down on that. People are whack. People are crazy. They're mean. They're hateful. They're belligerent. They're obnoxious. They're opinionated. They're, they're devious. They're evil-minded. The Bible says that the very best human can do, is, 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 is all our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags to God. The Bible says about everybody. This is including your grandmother, who was a saint. In your mind, the heart of a human being is deceitfully wicked beyond all imagination. You can't even know it. Uh, that's 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 why I love uh, to to tell everybody the truth about uh, my sister and 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 her life. Come come in the middle of July. You'll get to hear. She'll she'll book herself in the nursery or something that day. She do not want to hear me talk about her and Bug and how she twisted me up on drugs and alcohol and tried to destroy my life as an innocent young child. Uh, facts! 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 She did everything first. She liked a certain kind of music. I followed along with her. She started doing drugs and alcohol. I I mean, come, you'll find out. And the reason I like telling that story is because I don't think anybody looks at our church administrator, my big sister, uh, the godliest woman I know, and thinks, I bet she was a partying head cheerleader. Wild child when she... They, 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 can, can we agree? She don't give off that vibe? Yeah, y'all don't know her like I know her. People, even the best people, the people you think are saints, are capable of some jammed up stuff. Can you say amen? That's why you ought to give people a break. Stop judging everybody else. Let God work on them. You concentrate on you and on God, but our our purpose statement is to love God and love people. Now, the reason why we put these statements out, and all churches and businesses and organizations put these statements out, because it provides a framework that answers the what and the why. provides a framework that tells us what we're supposed to be doing, what our focus should be, and why we should stay dedicated to those things. So why in the world would would we pick these these five words? Um, Well, we looked at the Great Commission a moment ago. Now I want to look at what people commonly call the Great Commandment, because in Matthew 22, a leader walked up to Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? Now, that that's a bunch. There's books you can buy in Christian bookstores or online called the 613 Commandments of the Bible. Uh, I got news for you, newsflash, way more than that. Uh, they, they took 613 Commandments out of the first five books of the Bible and called it good. I'm thinking, oh, there's, there's a lot more books than the first five. But... Um, There's lots of different commandments in Scripture. And this man said, which is the most important? And in verse 37 of Matthew 22, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. So somebody tell me in two words what Jesus said is the first and great commandment. Love God. God. You're good. Verse 39, he didn't get asked this, but God God is just that way. he give you more than you ask for. It said, and the second is like unto it, thou, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And I, I normally don't put verses up in Mass in the King James Version because I know a lot of people um, di- didn't grow up reading it the way I did. But I love the way verse 40 reads in the King James Version. He said, on these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. And what all the law is is everything that had ever been written about God, and all the prophets is everything that's ever been said about God. Jesus said, if you get these two things, that's a wrap on all the law, and all the prophets do these two things. What two things? Love God and love people. One one, One author wrote it this way, and I love this quote. A great commitment to the great commission and the great commandment will grow a great church. The Great Commission, reach, teach, baptize. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. whatsoever I have commanded, along with you always, even to the end of the age. The, the Great Commission, it's a, co- it's a mission that is a co-mission. We're on a mission with Jesus. This is our co-mission with the Lord, which is to reach, teach, and baptize. The Great Commandment we just looked at, Jesus said, is to love God and love people. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think, have you spent time this week having a great commitment to reaching and teaching and baptizing? Sharing your faith, inviting people to church. Uh, That's the great commission. Now, let's think, have you spent a lot of time this week uh, having a great commitment to the great commandment to love God and to love people? See, if we would just begin to focus on the right things, we could get a better result. Because if you want what others have, you've got to do what they did to get it. That's why it's important that we read the Bible. The Bible says we have these stories, for example, so that we can grow from them. And I want you to start putting as a filter on your life, does this help me fu- fulfill the great commission to reach people for Christ? Does this help me fulfill the great commandment to love God and love people? Because if you cut out all that other stuff, you're going to find out you've got a lot more time on your hands than what you thought. So our vision is to reach North Florida and beyond for Christ. That's the Great Commission. Our purpose is to love God and love people. That's the Great Commandment. But that's a lot of words, a lot of information. I want to give you a concise one-liner. I love movies that have one-liners. I love Proverbs. One-liner, bullet point. been doing that the whole time see if we were all if we were like my church I was in in Tampa hyper charismatic over the top we just have to have have a, a prayer warrior right now uh pray to bind uh the the spirit of uh speaker frequency and the demon of disruption or we could just have Ken turn it off Ah, Oh, that's so funny to me. I'm going to shorten this up for you, though, and let you go by giving you our mission statement. And it's short and it's concise, and I want you to start embracing this as your own personal mission. To transform our world by the power of God's love. To transform our world by the power of God's love. See, if, if I asked you about the people in your life, tell me about the people in your life. It would be, well, you know, pray, pray for my youngest. Uh, uh, she's, she's straying from the Lord right now. Uh, pray, my, pray, pray for my auntie. She's going through cancer. And it would be all these different requests and, and desires. But what people need more than anything else is to be transformed by the power of God's love. The word transform means to utterly change and cause it to become better. I hope there's somebody in this world that is willing to be transformed by God. Not into what you are. not in. Listen, this whole best life now, my truth, that's all cultic and it's all anti-Christian in, in the very nature of it. God doesn't want you to live your best life now and God doesn't want you to live your truth. God wants you to deny yourself and allow the spirit of God to live through you so that he can accomplish his purpose in the earth. But that's not what we hear a lot, but I'm going to tell you what. We need, we, 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 we need, um, oh, man, I could go on a list of how to, how to fix this country. Uh, we, 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 need to do something about the drugs in this country. We need to do something about the, the murders in this country. We need to do something, uh, about, uh, the sex trafficking in this country. We need to do something about the racism in this country. We need to do something about the inflation in this country. We need to do something about eggs being $7 a dozen. We need to do something about gas being $4 a gallon. We need to do something about home rates, uh, Going north of six percent on their fast way to double digits. If you don't own a house now, good luck buying one at twelve, thirteen percent. You're gonna be paying seven thousand dollars a month on a twenty dollar loan. Not that bad. Lots of problems. But the answer is not gonna be either one of these old decrepit, brain dead folk that's running for president coming up. And listen, if you're preparing to vote for either one of them cats, good luck. Uh, they can't, they, 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 I mean, when you can't walk in a straight line without falling down and you can't finish a sentence without messing it up, you don't need to be the president of the United States. My mother, uh, who's not 137, by the way, she looks like she's 60, but she's, I ain't going to tell you how old she is. Um, she was born in 1942. Quick math makes 81. Um, I'm just saying math. I ain't saying how old she is, but Quick math. Makes 81 years old. And my mother is one of the most accomplished human beings you'll ever meet. She made more money in her lifetime than any woman you know. She get stacked up more degrees than anybody you know. She was a professional. Um, she she just accomplished great things. And she's brilliant. Intellectually a genius. Uh, documented, verifiable. Uh, IQ off the chart. Um, can be mean as the devil but you know a lot of smart people can be that way but my mom is so sharp and such an amazing person but she's 81 now i love my mom and i trust my mom i don't want my mom handling my money (laughs) my mom would be like hey yo mom what i i I, you know i'm about five hundred thousand short in my in 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 my portfolio uh and to see some eighty-one-year-old woman scruffling papers. Where did I put that money? Mm, you can't handle my money at eighty-one years old, Donald Trump. You can't handle my money at eighty-one years old, Joe Biden. Are we talking about a newer, better America? We're talking about progressive, uh, you know. Uh, youth movement, and and in a whole nation of three hundred fifty million people, we got a couple of brain dead, nine hundred year old people running for president. I'm gonna tell you what, find find me a thirty six year old. Well, they got to be thirty five, don't they? Just get me a thirty six year old. Well, I'll go with that. At least they can stay up past eight o'clock at night. Get off that and. Keep, our world's got a lot of problems, but the next president of the United States will not be able to fix them. The next governor of whatever state won't be able to fix them. No politician is designed by God to fix the world. God designed himself to fix the world by his love and by his power. And we need to be touched by the power of God to be all that he wants us to be. In Acts eight, some of Jesus' final instruction to his disciples he said, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus said the reason I've never heard anybody say, oh, I was baptized with the Holy Ghost uh, five years ago, and I began to be a bold witness everywhere I went. Jesus said that's the reason he sent the Holy Spirit. Uh. Uh, Now, obviously, there's signs, wonders, miracles, all that. But God gave us the Holy Spirit so we could have the power to, he said, you'll receive power, that Greek word is dunamis, where we get our English word dynamite, explosive power, earth-shaking, world-changing power to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Are you doing that? He said, do it in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And if you look at a map... What this represents are expanding concentric circles, starting at home, and reaching out to the ends of the earth. So for us, uh, the Lord could tell us, hey, y'all need to tell people about me everywhere. In Jacksonville, in Florida, in America, in uh, North America, and throughout the whole world. Well, Pastor, how am I going to do that and keep up with my favorite team? Well, let go of your Christianity, let go of your favorite team, and figure out how to get it done. But we need to be doing what God has empowered us to do. Now, having this power had the church growing for many, many years, centuries, decades, but church attendance has been declining in America for decades now. I'm going to give you a couple statistics and pray and get out of here. The average uh this this is from Lifeway Research. The average US congregation seats 200 people, but only 65 people show up every week. Now, that number 3 years ago was 85. Now it's 65. In a couple of years, it'll be even less than that. And that counts every 20,000 member church, every every mega church stadium that, listen, there's a lot of five-member family. Anybody ever seen one of them six-member, everybody, related churches? They just all meet at Big Mama's house, and she preaches. A um, lot of that going on in the world. But church attendance is down all across. The pandemic played a part, but culturally, America is just shifting away from God. Now, it's, it was funny because when I read that 65, God did something in me. Uh, last month, and I told you I had a prophetic word from the Lord. I don't come up here and make up lies like most people who claim to do, be doing prophecy. Mm, someone right over here. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. Shake it. it Both uh, both Uh, Back, back pain. Mm, back. Mm. Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm, yeah. Mm, thank you. God. Uh, somebody right in right over here. Uh, you've been dealing with some back pain and your miracles on its way. That ain't prophecy. Somebody over here, mm, yeah, hallelujah, uh, a woman, mm, I could call your name, but I won't because it's three of y'all, and I don't want to embarrass you. But the Spirit said, uh, uh, at least three of y'all, maybe more, but at least three. You've been hurt by a man. <laughs> that ain't prophecy. That's common sense. But I gave you a prophetic word that God had put in my heart, and I knew it was a prophetic word from God. And I've done this less than a dozen times in 22 years of pastoring this church. And every time I've done it, I've put a date on it. And every time I've done it, not only did it come to pass, it came to pass inside the assigned date. And God told me that we had been pruning for a long time. The Bible says there's a time to tear down and a time to build up. And I've been telling y'all we were going to go into a time of building up. And I shared with y'all these emails I get from this company called Twenty Four to Double. It's a bunch of ex pastors that don't pastor anymore. They go around charging churches money so they can tell churches how to double their attendance in the next twenty four months. They got an incredible track record, and I'm getting all. That, and I'm thinking, God, are you trying to tell me we need to give these people eight thousand dollars, follow their scheme, uh, and 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 double our church attendance? When I've never cared about how many people show up, only the impact we're having on our community. And God said, no, I don't want you to pay them to double the church in 24 months. God told me he would double the attendance of this church in 18 months if we just rely on him and trust him and begin to do what he called us to do. So I had Dina. I said, okay, I'm not going to cherry pick one bad week to make it easy. Let's find that week where we only had 50 people show up. It's easier to double from 50. So we ran. We ran. The the numbers for the previous three months before I had I said that, and uh, I'll give you the answer because I'm I'm great like that. It's on the screen. The our average Sunday morning attendance for the quarter prior to me giving that prophetic word. Anybody want to guess what it is? Sixty five. Um. Last week was was an, an aberration. We had 90. I thought, well, we're almost a double at night from 65 to 90. Uh, but I, I know this for sure. The world needs what God has to offer. And we need to get busy telling people that God's got a better plan for their life. These young people need the Lord. They need to quit shooting each other and drugging their way to an early grave. Uh, these senior adults, they're lonely. They're, 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 they're having all types of attack on their mind. We need to get busy doing what God has called us to do churches aren't offering enough supernatural deliverance in the earth today, and that's why people think, nah, I don't feel like going to. If you thought coming to church you were going to see God just explode on a place, show up and do something off the chain, it would make going to church different. But faith is what pleases God, and we need to elevate our faith to say God is at work, and we want to get involved with him. Um, now, according to Pew Research, the largest research company in the world that uh, tracks religion, um, every day for the next 16 years, 10,000 brand-new baby boomers will retire. Tomorrow will be a brand-new 10,000 people going on Social Security. Does that sound sustainable to anybody? Tuesday, another 10,000 people hitting Social Security. Uh, some of y'all are already getting it. I told my mom, hey, look, lady. 81, I hope you live to be a 1,000, but, you know, you you train in Social Security right now. I'm trying to have some. Going to heaven. It's a joke. Kind of. (laughs) With 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day for the next 16 years, y'all really think the government's going to be able to pay all these old people? Draining it from 65 to 81 to 77? Listen, I hope everybody lives forever, but our nation needs God. Uh, USACHurches.org uh, put out a classification on churches by size, and they listed uh, small churches, medium churches, large churches, and mega churches. I want you to look at this, and we're going to get out of here. A small church according to this organization that tracks statistic, is 50 or fewer. Um, a medium church is, and this is how many people show up on a weekend, uh, between 51 and 300. A large church is between 300 and 2,000, and a megachurch is more than 2,000 people. Now, I'm going to tell you, we've been, we've been a small church. We started with 16 people. Um, we, we currently are a medium-sized church, uh, we've been a large church. When we're, we're at the big building on Blandy, we run over 500 people every week with a thousand-seat sanctuary. Um, we have not been a mega church, and newsflash: we never will be until I die. I have no desire to pastor a mega church. I'm going to tell you from experience: when when we were running 500 plus people, um, thousand-seat sanctuary, 800, 600-seat uh, children's church, uh, just Buildings everywhere, money everywhere, people everywhere. It's not effective to pastor that many people. You know, you can't. And we had a full staff. We had me plus five full-time paid salary people on staff. But you can't know everybody at that level. I love our church because if you want to be known here, you can be known here. If you want to serve God here, you can serve God here. If you want to have a ministry here, you can have a ministry here. You let me know what it is you want to do for the Lord, and, and we will make it happen. So what, what's our church plan? Here's five things I want you to think about. Number one, please God more than we please ourselves. That's every, that should be in every Christian's heart. Number two, reach North Florida and beyond for Christ. Number three, reach, teach, and baptize. Number four, love God and love people. And number five, transform our world by the power of God's love. But let me tell you this, all that's a lot. We're going to unpack it over the next few months, but it all starts with salvation. Do you know that you know that you're born again? See, church membership can't get you into heaven. Mama's faith can't get you into heaven. Daddy's faith can't get you into heaven. I talk to people in the street, I ask them if they're a Christian uh, I, uh, oh, I oh, I I've been saved my whole life. My my great grandfather, a 33rd degree Mason, he laid the cornerstone on the big church. Listen. That ain't got nothing to do with your salvation. Are you born again? Do you have a personal relationship with God? And if you do, are you being taught the Bible on a regular basis? Have you been reached? Are you being taught? Have you been baptized? If you haven't been baptized, we're going to be having a baptism service this uh, uh, in, in the in the next month and a half, you need to sign up for baptism. Have you joined a local church? We're going to, in the next quarter. We're going to have uh, another um, church members class. And if you have done any or most of those things, have you gotten involved in a ministry? See, because if all you do is come to church on Sunday morning, that's great. That's awesome. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. But if you want your life to take on a bigger meaning, a bigger purpose, if you want to really see life open up to you, get involved in a specific area of ministry. We've got some of the most faithful people in our food and clothing ministry, and they laugh together. They pray for each other. They love each other. That's their small group. That's, that's their hookup of people. That's their connectivity uh, and I want to tell you something, in, in the first two years of the pandemic, we gave away over a million and a half dollars worth of food out of this parking lot right here to this community. Our volunteers, we need new volunteers, we need more people. If you just took one Saturday a year to 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 help out, we, we could use extra help. Just, just in the past month of May, just to, to give you an idea, uh, we... We fed 2,716 people in the month of May out of this parking lot. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, some of y'all don't even know what Edgewood Meats is. Uh, y'all didn't grow up, but you know about Edgewood Meats? I ain't talking about 12-day Ed, Ed, expired meat and, and last month's bread. The food we put out. Is fantastic. It's, it's top. Every box we give away is the same, so everybody gets the same, and it averages about $110 a box. We are feeding this community at a high level. We're, we're giving out over a half million dollars worth of food every year. Just in the month of May, uh, we gave away 994 pieces of clothing right out of this building right here. We are doing something for this community you can get involved in that it's a good it, it will give your life a purpose if that ain't your thing then then get involved in the praise and worship ministry the audiovisual ministry we we got uh rick wanted to get involved in the audiovisual ministry and he he needed some help back there because there weren't a lot of people doing it so uh guess, guess who he makes go back there and work now on sunday morning his wife's got her hand up she's that'd be me of your are slaving away because Rick decided to take the audiovisual ministry to another level and start broadcasting, um, streaming our messages on our YouTube channel. And if you have any audiovisual abilities, if you just like, we need people to take pictures like uh, at every church event that we have. You can get involved in that. We we need people to get involved in teaching and mentoring our teens on Wednesday night, our children's church, our nursery. We need more greeters, more ushers, security people. There is a place for you to get involved, and I want to tell you this. Your life will take on a bigger meaning. I thank God for Shannon. waving everybody, Shannon. Shannon is a licensed mental health counselor, been working with the prison for over 20 years, helping people uh, in, in, in de- deal with their issues, and he has come alongside us, and we, we have equipped him with office space, And uh, a a place to do the ministry that God has licensed, credentialed him, given him the uh, education and the experience to do it. And we're about to have a licensed, trained, high-level professional counsel anybody in this church that wants it for free. I ought to give you a list of the first ten we need to take on. (laughs) Um, uh, did you put those cards out yet Dina where are they they're on top of that gray box back there but the card is on the box where's the card okay all right Oh, I'm looking at the big slot thinking, well, if the cards are in that slot, that's the mail slot. I see what you're saying now. All right, so there are cards back there. What can you do with those? You can fill that out, and you can put it in that box. We'll break the box. Put it in an offering plate. Put it in the box. We're getting a new box uh, because somebody stole the key. Jimmy Rich get in that box right 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 now before three people could crank their car and leave. What you think? <laughs> hey, there's a woman with a hair pick or, or a nail file to get in that box right now. That box is gonna be a new box back there. We'll get the card, put it in offering plate, leave it on the box, hand it to uh one of the elders or deacons, and uh the the Minister Shannon is gonna be providing an incredible service to the people of our church because I'm going to tell you something as somebody who has a long history of mental health issues in my family as somebody who has seen family members commit suicide as somebody who has personally struggled with clinical depression as somebody who has watched family members be medicated and in therapy uh listen Mental health is not only real, it is nothing to be embarrassed about or to shy away from. You shouldn't feel like less than if you're having some issues that you need some somebody. You don't feel embarrassed when you get a cold because you didn't wish to have it. And you shouldn't be embarrassed. Some people have a chemical uh, imbalance. Some, some people just, uh, hey, if I had the time, I'd tell you about my family. Y'all be like, well, Pastor, you should be the first 10 meetings for Shannon. But I will be. There's a place for you here. But if God's people don't start doing what God's people are here to do, then it's not going to get done. The Bible says if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. You've got gifts. You've got talents. We need more help on our praise and worship. We need more help in every area of this church, and God sent you. And one of the greatest responses in all of the Bible that has been repeated by many saints is, Here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I. You need to be wondering what can I do. You might be able to help Shannon just maintain the schedule. Once we got three hundred people a week signing up for mental health counseling, uh, he might need you to check people in. You could get involved in that. You could, you could be a mentor to the team. I mean, there's somewhere for you to get involved. Uh, listen, there, there, there's there is no no uh, no doubt. For people that know me, I love everybody, but but I, I got a unique love for the people of the Philippines. You know I love the Philippines, right? Uh, if, we, if we get 50 more, 20 more, 30 more Filipinos in this church, guess, guess what we're going to have standing right over here? We're going to have a translator. Or we're going to get you a headset, or we'll at least pass out notes. Um, there is a ministry that you can take on. Hugo ran from God his whole life. His wife just prayed him into heaven. Um, He gets saved, falls in love with Jesus, a lifetime cop, been in law enforcement his whole life. He looks around. Well, in a church that's got a nursery and a church that's got a security team, which one of those do you think best fits a grown man who's been in law enforcement his whole life? Ding, 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 ding. There's a place here, and I want you to let your life take on a bigger purpose because I know if you only live for yourself, life is empty and shallow. You'll die alone, and it'll be a meaningless life. But if you live to help people that feed their babies, if you come up here on a Saturday and you see a mother crying, hugging necks, thanking us because she didn't know how her children were going to eat, you realize, wow, we are difference makers, and God put you on this planet to be a difference maker. Pray with me. God, thank you for making a difference in our life. Help us, Lord, to love you more than we love ourselves, to desire to please you more than we desire to please ourselves, and help us, God, to transform our world by the power of your love. God, I pray for every person in this room, Lord. I pray you'd save the unsaved. I pray that you would fill us with your spirit and cause us to get busy about growing your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.